Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy for Me. And I've just had the moment that I enjoy as one of the highlights of the week. And that's the moment when I know what I'm going to talk about for the five individual segments of uh, the TFM. And some weeks I might know that by Wednesday. Some weeks I might be sat there at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning thinking this is supposed to be out in an hour and I've got no clue what I'm going to talk about. As it happens, it's five past eight Friday night and I'm 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 sorted. So when that happens, I get this kind of this just this it's 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 almost a palpable relief mixed with, with a little bit of excitement because I'm then ready to go. And even though I don't know what I'm going to say next, I've got five prompts to take me from the beginning to the end, irrespective of where that journey happens to go in the middle. Anyway, I'll stop waffling. I'll start doing the bit proper and we'll have a bit of that twangy guitar. <laughs> I happened to sit down last week, I think it was Sunday, last weekend, and I watched a film called Witness for the Prosecution. Now, the reason why I watched Witness for the Prosecution was because it was a DVD that I'd bought, um, and after having been to see um, the play, the Agatha Christie play, um, in a theatre in County Hall, it's not actually a theatre, it was set in a, um, it's a, it's a play obviously about a trial, and the play was set in a courtroom. So at County Hall um, on the South Bank in London, um, they had a there's, a, there's a court in there, and they'd effectively use the spaces where uh, people could go and watch the public gallery, I guess, and they were, they were staging this play in the courtroom. And as opposed to building a courtroom set on a stage, they actually used a courtroom proper. And on the back of that, um, I bought Alison the DVD because it's been it's been turned into a film um, at least twice. The BBC did it, um, but the original film um, goes back to 1957, and it's got Charles Lawton in it and Tyrone uh, Power and Marlena Dietrich. Okay. And it's been on the shelf for ages, and I ended up watching it on iPlayer, as you do, because um, I'd looked at it a few times, and then I noticed it was on the iPlayer, so I thought, well, I'll watch this. So I've still not watched, the DVD is still sealed on the shelf, but I've actually watched the film, uh, finally, for the first time. And what, the, I mean, it's, it's worth seeing, it's, it's a very good film, it's Billy Wilder, so it's always worth seeing, seeing the guy's an absolute genius, and you've only got to think about things like Some Like It Hot in the Apartment to know exactly the kind of stuff that Billy Wilder did, but, and it's a great performance from Charles Lawton, but when I was looking up a, a few details about the cast, I found out the age Charles Lawton was when, when he died, and I found out the age that the leading man, Tyrone Power, was when he died. And when Tyrone Power made that film, he was 43. And I was struggling to then reconcile the fact that the man I saw on screen, who I thought looked considerably older than me, was actually nine years younger than me when he made that, when he made that movie. And then that just got me, because I happened to then let iPlayer do its thing when it finished. I indulged and had three hours on the sofa just watching black and white movies, and it went straight to The Big Sleep. Now, I've read The Big Sleep, but I've not actually seen the Bogart 
um, version. In fact, I've not seen any film version of it. I've only read the book. And um, it comes on and I start watching and I end up watching it all. Now, he's eminently watchable and so she. So and, and, and Bogart and McCall smolder through that film and it's and it's 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 a really you know it's a Howard Hawks film and it's a really a really great film to uh, to watch uh, it's complicated um but um the book's complicated to be fair um but it was it was great to watch but then I went back and checked how old he was when he made that film and when he made that film he was 46 stroke 47 I haven't quite lined up the months and things so he was probably and I think the film was made a couple of years before it was actually released so he might have been as low as 44 when he made that film uh, and working on the assumption that I mean Phil's turned around quite quickly then so Tyrone, Tyrone Power's probably no, no more than 43 but in both instances I couldn't get my head round how old they looked compared with, say, how old I think the face that looks back from the mirror is when I look into it. And I'm constantly shocked by my own face when I look in the mirror. But in both instances, I'm there's eight, nine years between me and the face I was seeing on screen. And I don't quite fathom when we started looking younger, if that makes any kind of sense. Um, so how did all that happen? Is it, is it the way we dress? Is it something to do with smoking? Is it something to do with air pollution? Is it something, I'd, I'd, it's, it's not weight because they were both, you know, thin and, and trim, but they just looked really, really, really old. And I'm sure there's a, there is an explanation to it. So if you can tell me what that explanation is, I would be very, very pleased to know. <laughs> Why are conservative politicians absolutely transfixed by the idea that sending um, illegal immigrants, people coming to claim asylum um, through an illegal route, because there often isn't a legal route to claim it through, why are they transfixed? Why are they in awe of the concept of being able to put them on planes and send them to another country? Um and what is the victory they're, they're going after? Because truly the sight of what's gone on in the Rwanda debate, the first of the Rwanda debates today, is is just, it's so shocking. I'm, I, I can't, I'm all, I almost can't feel angry because I'm just so in despair of this is where we've got to. Of all the things that we could be spending our time on and our money, and it's a ridiculous amount of money, we are somehow finding ourselves in this space where you have to prove how anti-woke or whatever it is that you are, and you and, and they are outdoing each other to be as cruel as they can possibly be. And I don't get it. I absolutely don't get it. I don't get why people... I mean, look, we've done well today. We've got rid of the idiot that is Lee Anderson um, and Brendan Clark Smith as well from deputy chairman roles of the Tory party, which whichever way around you look at, it's got to be a good thing. Um, But based on the fact that they can't vote for what is a piece of relatively 
you know, I mean, look, it's a terrible piece of legislation that I think is reprehensible anyway. And you've got people who are quitting their jobs because they don't feel it's reprehensible enough. And I just don't understand how we've actually arrived at this point. It is a travesty beyond a travesty. Uh, and and the fact that everybody's, you know, the fact that the conservative argument is this is what the public wants, this is the will of the people. How is that proven? When did when have we voted for this? When when have we been asked to share our opinion on this absolutely absurd and cruel policy? Because I I don't remember that. <laughs> You can say a lot of things about Jess Phillips and you can absolutely have a go at Jess Phillips and a lot of people do. Um, but I think you'd be hard pushed to find an MP that is all over the subject she's over like her. She attends debates and not pop. she doesn't pop in. She's there and she listens to debates and she listens to uh, interventions and arguments that are made. She attends select committee hearings. She is absolutely over the detail of what goes on in the House of Commons and I think she has to be absolutely applauded for that and I'm not suggesting she's the only one I think there are plenty that do but I think she is one of those people that really does take the time and the trouble to understand what is going on she can barely contain her anger and her rage and her frustration at times and she intervened in the Rwanda debate in a way that I would suggest she was one of the few people who can. And she's fighting back rage and anger and um, upset uh, when she talks. But I urge you, I urge you to watch the intervention that she made this week. Um because it seems to put everything into a little bit more context than I'm certainly capable of doing and that a lot of people I've been listening to are capable of doing. Uh, And it was very powerful um, and it moved me to the point of tears. Um, And I, I, I just suggest that you watch it. Thursday. I happen to look in uh, a box I've got by the side of my desk, which has got, I've got a couple of those, you know, those boxes where you just put stuff um, that you think you might need at some point in time. So you, and you don't quite know what to do with it. So you have a, you have a box or a drawer or what have you. And I haven't got any drawers in there. I've got these two kind of Ikea storage boxes, sort of glorified shoe boxes, really. And they've got stuff in them. And I happen to be going through one of them today. Um... And it made me wonder about some of the things I keep and why I haven't got rid of some of the stuff I've got rid of, which um, if I say to you, I've got three of these kind of books full of business cards and I have no idea why I haven't just thrown them away. Um, Because in most instances, the business cards that are there for people who um, are still around, are still working in the industry I'm working in, I would say 70 to 80% of them work for different companies now. And all the ones that are still where they were before, the numbers and details are in my phone anyway. And that's never going anywhere because that just moves from A to B, from phone to phone and what have you, because it's just in a easily transferable contact list. 
So I don't know why I've kept these things. I don't know what it is that means that I can throw some things away, but I don't seem to be able to throw other things away. So I've got, you know, I've got old Apple connectors for i for phones and iPads that would link them to a monitor or a, or a projector, and nothing has that connection on it anymore. Yet for some reason, because it was an Apple piece of tech, I, th- I seem to think to myself, "Well, I can't throw that away," and I, I don't quite, I don't quite understand it. Uh, and yet, I also went well. I went through and I found a spindle of blank CDRs and a spindle of blank DVDs. And it made me think, I looked at them both and went, well, I can't remember the last time I burnt a CD or a DVD. And I do actually still have a a CD drive, so I could still do one of those things. But back in the day, I got through hundreds of CDRs when I, I used to do, when iTunes first came out and I was doing, you know, sort of digital mixes. So in, in in the 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 point when you could do, make your own CD of a mix that you'd picked, um, or it's you'd borrowed a CD off somebody and you'd burnt an album and then you bounced it down so you could play it in the car, and I went through quite a lot of those and 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 we all did, um, and then we used them to bounce pictures around and this that and the other, and then obviously we went to DVDs because they got more storage. And then you know you were you were putting multiple albums on a DVD or you were doing whatever with a DVD because you because you just could. And I looked at them. I thought, well, why have I, why on earth have I kept them? Why on earth have I kept them? What point in time will I need? I mean, I don't have a I don't have a CD player in the house. I don't have a CD player in the car. So 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 why have I kept those? And it got me thinking about the number of formats that I've been through for things that I listen to and things that I watch. So I grew up listening to vinyl. Um, the first thing I had of my own to play something of my own that I owned was a uh, was a tape recorder. It was one of those mono tape recorders, um, you know, with the five buttons at the front and the speaker kind of at the back that were a, a little bit bigger than a paperback book, uh, battery-powered, um, that came with an, uh, an earphone, that came with a mono earphone. If you remember when you got, you bought a radio, you bought a, a tape deck, it came with a mono earphone, which I never, never, I suppose, never really kind of worked out why. But just because it was a mono speaker on the thing didn't mean you couldn't actually have played stereo out of the, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, piece of piece of irrelevance at that point. And then, so the first thing I had of my own was a, was a tape date, but the first way I experienced music at home was was a record player, which is downstairs. And then you went from tape to having a one of the sort of the MIDI hi-fi things, the Amstrad things. So suddenly you had access to records and you had access to tape, but then you had access to a CD as well. And I remember in the sort of the mid-80s getting my first CD player and went from tapes effectively to CDs and then replaced everything that I'd had on tape and and replaced it with CD because that was that was what you did. You thought you were getting a better experience, so you you know you changed everything and you bought again what you already had. And then lo and behold, all these years later, I've I've bought again what I had um, on CD. And yes, I've been buying it back and having it on 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 vinyl again. So I you know. And which has become the last kind of bastion of of that particular format. And then if you look at 
everything that I owned on on VHS when I started buying my own VHS and had a I had a video player when I was at university, and then um, went from you know owning videos to then owning DVDs and buying exactly the same stuff again on DVD. And now I'm looking at a shelf of DVDs and I can't remember the last time I put a DVD in a DVD player. So it's it's weird thinking for somebody who's collected these things and then replaced one collection with another collection and takes comfort from that. And I do take comfort from that because in my office I have all of these things out, but they are not they're not used. And you could say I must take some comfort from having books with of business cards, but I can't quite work out why. And I'm 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 slightly concerned there's a more um a deeper uh, more morbid reason about it. Um that I don't like giving things away because I like to be surrounded by things that bring me comfort and if they're not there what are, what are we talking about at that point everything's ethereal to a certain extent it's in the ether it's yours but it isn't yours uh and maybe I I I find that troubling I don't know um whatever happens because I'm never going to be a, a Kindle person, the books will always remain. So I guess even if all the other stuff fades, because I'm not, I'm not utilizing it as a delivery mechanism. I'm not using CD as a delivery mechanism for music, and I'm not using DVD as a, de- a delivery mechanism for film and television. But I'm still using book as a delivery me- mechanism for for when I want to read. So, um, so that one probably won't go away. But there's something. I can't quite get to what I'm trying to say, but there's there's a push and a pull going on here that I'm I'm struggling to really, really understand. Friday. The last two or three pieces of clothing I've bought, I've had to send a picture and have a conversation with Slick before I'm able to do that. Uh, Slick is the name uh, by which Josh now goes. Um, it's a long story um, and has a lot to do with hair powder. Um, but I, I, I've got to the point where I seem to need or what not need, I want, I crave Josh's yes before I buy a new item of clothing. Um, because I, I, I seem to, and this is terrible, but I seem to check with him before I buy anything about whether the thing I'm buying is okay to buy is that is that and this is ridiculous and I feel terrible even saying it out loud because I shouldn't care I absolutely shouldn't care but I bought a jacket today and I wanted to say look is this is this is this brand all right before I buy this is this okay what do you reckon and I really value that that opinion but also that I guess that um the word I'm looking for that that blessing almost so I look for Slick's blessing before I buy an item of clothing these days and it doesn't have mean it's got to be an expensive item of clothing but I'll just I'll just you know it might be I mean I'm wearing a a, a, a blue cord overshirt at the moment which is my new favorite thing and that was that's from Sainsbury's that's nothing but at the same time when I bought it it was like what do you reckon to this Slick and he was like yeah like that that's that's cool and on the back of that you know I'd liked it anyway but I just felt I needed that little 
that little, you know, that little bit of recognition from from the firstborn that it was that it was an okay thing to have. Uh, and I've no idea how we've ended up here, no idea at all. But now, if I, you know, if I'm looking and I'm, and I'm out looking, then that's the that's the photo I send. And it was exactly the same today. And I ended up buying a lightweight jacket that I'm going to need next week. And hey, presto, that was the that was the bit that pushed me over the edge. Anyway. It's been a bit of a random one tonight. I've got I've got quite animated about weird things. Um, actually, I don't quite know how I've got there, um, but that's what's rattling around my head at the moment. So, you know what this is. You you know you've you've all listened for long enough. It whatever's floating around needs to come out, and these things have worked their way out tonight. Anyway, um, take care. Uh, stay safe. Have a good have a good weekend. I'll speak to you all uh, very soon. <laughs> If you've enjoyed Therapy for Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.